This podcast is brought to you by New Zealand. First they film Lord of the Rings, then they're COVID-free. What's next for this charming upstart of a country? Go to www.newzealand.com and post a Flight of the Concords gift to achieve enlightenment. Thanks for listening to Down by the River Pod, everybody. My name is Terrence Hartnett, as you well know. We are not in Chicago anymore, folks. I have left Chicago um, in the in the timeline of the podcast. In the podcast universe, I have left Chicago, and we're going to St. Louis. I stopped in St. Louis and in Memphis on my way down to Austin, and so that's going to be this week. It's going to be that journey from Chicago to uh, all the way down to, to Austin. But first, I stopped in St. Louis and chatted with my old friend Kelsey McClure, who I know from doing comedy on the road. I think we did a little tour and stopped in St. Louis for one of the shows. Um, Kelsey's very funny, very organized. We connect about comedy. We connect about van life. She lived in a van in New Zealand. And we connect about um, restaurant industry. We're all over the place. She's so sweet. And we really connected. And we were sitting out in her backyard by a fire. She made me a cup of coffee. Um, She's the best. So enjoy her inspiring and uplifting words um and also please rate and review this podcast rate and review this podcast uh that would be a personal favor to me thanks for listening and rating we just reached a huge milestone we are at a thousand downloads so thanks everybody for downloading the podcast and uh and thanks for listening i'm I'm, i i uh, I appreciate that you're out there take it away steve Which is difficult in a van. Society. Which is not ideal. If you are hot and yeah. wet in a van, you are not doing well for yourself. The plan has gone awry. <laughs> yeah. If you're hot and wet and you have no plan to fix one of those things, is hot worse than cold in a van? Ooh, that's a toss-up, honestly. I don't know. Because um, I know cold. I've done cold. Th- not a fan. I think, though, with cold, your survival instincts kick in. Yep. And so it's more, you're not thinking about how miserable you are. You're thinking about, like, I'm going to get through this. I have to get through this. The sun's going to come up in the morning. It's going to warm up. I just have to figure out. And then, you know, like, I would, my trick was, is I would stuff all of my clothing into my back, not my backpack, into my sleeping bag. Okay. And so it was like, just like layers of just like trapping it in. Um, and then you put the clothes on and they're not freezing cold, which is a thing. Oh, I had also like eight layers of clothing on as on well. On your actual yeah. body. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I would rather be, <sighs> that's a tough question. I think I would rather be cold in a van than hot in a van. Okay. Because you can fix the cold. It's harder to fix the hot? Or what's the... Why? I think the hot is just like... It's just inconvenient. Okay. Like if it was so hot where you could potentially like become dehydrated or like literally cook in your van. <laughs> but then like why would you just like you just get out of your van? Yeah. And find shade or find like... There's quicker relief to being hot than there is to relief of being cold. Okay. Yeah. What's the hottest you've done and the coldest you've done the in a van? Coldest I've done Fahrenheit, please. <sighs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just I just 
made the switch back on my phone to Fahrenheit. <laughs> uh, I still have kilometers on my Google Maps, um, but I would say the coldest van night was probably negative 10 or 15 damn fahrenheit damn yeah do you have a what uh wow it was so i did have someone else in the van with me and we had a pretty serious like body heat setup my friend rachel was over visiting this was when i was in new zealand and like we each had on multiple layers we like zipped our sleeping bags together and then we also had like another sleeping bag and another blanket over the top and also that night, I slept with our propane canisters between my legs <laughs> because we had learned the night before that propane can, in fact, freeze. Holy and so shit. when we got up the next morning to make coffee, we couldn't because we didn't like the no. propane just piddled out. Uh, so that was the worst part is that like there was just this constant like cold can. Oh, my God. Between, between my legs. legs. But having coffee the next morning was like the Epic. reward of my personal sacrifice. Epic coffee yeah. time wait what does frozen propane look like is like the green coleman canisters yeah like, yeah okay. and what like and like? i mean i don't know that it was completely frozen like it just wouldn't work nothing would come out cold it was too cold like and it was kind of scary actually too because like i had no idea that this would happen and i hooked it up to you know make fire the next morning and it like frosted over one half of the can and the Whoa. other can was not i was like ooh, this seems like weird entrapment of gases and temperature fluctuations and i'm just going to turn this off because it was on full blast but nothing was coming out and i knew that it was a brand new propane can so damn and it's like i have the same feeling we're like i don't understand what's happening inside yeah. there so i'm just to turn it off like and it's i'm not gonna, walk gonna be away. good yeah there's no good surprises with propane it's yeah. not gonna be like oh great <laughs> yeah so that was definitely the coldest the hottest i don't know um it never really i mean it got hot but like hot enough where it was like I would sleep in a lair or naked with just nice. like a sheet over me. Um, How, what's what do you got for airflow? Do you have a fan in there? No, and that is something that I would do if I did it over again. Is like definitely having airflow just yeah. for the bugs alone. Oh, gross. Yeah, sand flies are a real problem in New Zealand. Sand flies. Sand flies. And they bite people, obviously. Oh man, um, they love people. <laughs> Um, they, they bite in like clusters. So unlike a mosquito, it's not like you get like one or two. It's like you get attacked. Like they will literally like swarm your body and just destroy you. Oh my God. Yeah. They don't exist. They're not here. They're not here. They're just a New Zealand thing. Gross. Um, I don't know where else they are. I mean, I don't think that they're completely indigenous to New Zealand, but it's definitely... Like the first time you have a sand fly problem is you're like, oh. Like at first I was like, mosquitoes don't really bug me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I've gotten mosquito bites. I've gotten mosquito bites, no Part big deal. deal. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I'm from Missouri where there's mosquitoes that don't really bite me. I eat whatever. Onions or garlic I or some shit? I eat herbs and it, they don't bother me. <laughs> um, and so I wasn't worried about the sand flies at all. And then... Yeah, and then I got hit by the sand flies. I've never even heard of a sand fly before. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even know to be worried about them. Um, when did you go to New Zealand? When did you get back? How long were you there? Uh, actually, today, it might be today or yesterday, is my one year of... Thank you. It's posted. Postman. Uh, one year postman? One year postman. That was the postman. Oh, thank you, Postman. Yeah, the Postman. But we're talking about Postvan. We're talking Postvan. <laughs> Postvan. Postvan life. 
I moved to New Zealand the first time January 16th of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? Yes. January 16th, 2019. So I was there for for the duration of 2019. I had applied for a two-year work-to-residency visa. Um, And so I came back to the U.S. over Christmas 2019 and then flew back to New Zealand about the same time. 2020. 2020. Was there for a week and a half started my job the first day of starting my new job well it was same job but new year um i got an email from immigration that i had officially been declined and that i had 21 days to leave the country oh my god yeah damn and if you had stayed i'm sure you've thought about this yeah if you had stayed you would have done new zealand pandemic which was a lot better than our pandemic well i couldn't stay um so was your two years up no, so oh. I was that visa was declined. They said no, thank you. We but you had already not. been on one. I had already been on one. That visa had expired. Gotcha. And then in the order, one year visa. The one year visa, okay. yeah. Um, which is, I was going to say an incredible opportunity, but they got rid of that program. Uh, <laughs> thanks, pandemic. So it was a one year working holiday visa. If you are under the age of thirty, you can apply for it, and it's free. God you damn get to, it. Yeah. But well, now I'm 30. So now there's one, though, that is an international exchange program that's through a travel agency that you can get up to the age of 35. Cool. But they have suspended that one. Makes sense. Indefinitely. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I had come back to the U.S. to pl- like planning to get that visa and then just go right back. And then things got weird. God damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the original draw to New Zealand? It was a long ways away. I liked pictures of New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Uh, it looked really cool. I didn't really know anyone that had been to New Zealand. Yes. My brother, who is a huge outdoors person, he had tried to go to New Zealand to do like a, it was like a two year. You got certified in like avalanche training, sea kayaking, like snowboarding, like literally everything outside. Um, the and program that, certifies you in all those things. Yeah, and that's an like or whatever. Guide. That's what put it on the map for me. Was like, oh, this is this really cool place where you can go surfing and snowboarding in the same day, sort of oh thing. Oh my god! Yeah, and so I had done a working holiday visa in Ireland. Neat. And because of that, after that was like cashed in or whatever, I was like, where else can I go? Yeah. And then New Zealand and Australia both had working holiday visas, so it had just kind of been like in the back of my mind for eight years of like oh before I turn 30 I could go to New Zealand and so the December before I turned 30 I applied for so I turned my birthday's in February I like literally was like drunk on like New Year's and was like I'm just gonna fill this this out right now I'm just gonna do it and then got an email back and like 24 hours was like still at my friend's place like being over like a hungover mess was like oh i guess i could go to new zealand if i want (laughs) they're working today they're doing it yeah that's amazing and i got it and then i was like i don't know we'll see and then the more i thought about it because i had a good job like everything was were you working at that uh, brewery i was working at logboat at the time yeah and it's like do i really want to and i was in st louis yeah do i really want to just like jump ship Mm go and then i figured like what's the worst that can happen exactly i fall on my ass in new zealand yeah and then i come back to the u.s and get another job at another brewery potentially even come back to a different job with the same brewery yeah. like 
Sure. And were you having a? Because uh, my 29th year was like I was having a bit of a crisis the entire time. No, I was That's pumped good. to get into my 30s. I Why? Was, <laughs> I was just over being 20. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Okay. I think that I did my 20s really, really well. I managed to escape them without any STDs, <laughs> without a DWI, without um, any type of financial ruin. In fact, I had great credit leaving my 20s. Did you have money? Yeah, and I did. Some money and a good job. I had a savings account. I had a good job. Damn, I yeah. had an incredible apartment. Yep. And I was doing all, like, I was doing stand-up. I was, like, incorporating stand-up into my job with the brewery. And so, like, I Were was- Were you doing shows at the brewery? I did shows at the brewery. Fucking smart. And the best thing was that I was able to, like, bring people to St. Louis and pay them because the brewery would give me a stipend to pay the act. So it was like I wasn't having to- <laughs> you know, convince a venue that stand-up was worth it. It was, And then I had, like, built-in advertising because the brewery would advertise. Yeah. You know, like, all of these things just really... clientele already go to the... Hey, love yeah. hanging out at that brewery. Why not go see a show there? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody like come beer. upstairs uh, when you're already here on a Friday night at 6 p.m., watch stand-up for an hour, and then go back downstairs and continue to Do party. Your thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. You were always a great producer. I remember we did a little tour, and you and we did a St. Louis stop, and that was the only good show. We had... That was... Was that the one that wasn't in St. Louis, though? It was in oh, that... Yeah. It was at... At an Italian restaurant in uh, the Tetros. Tetros. Yes. And uh, I still have Tetros' number because I was like, going to like, I was like, I'm coming to do a show here every month. Something crazy, you know, whatever yeah. I said when I was having a beer with him. But like, I'm coming back. This is awesome. This crowd was great because it was, it was full and they loved it. Luke loved stand up. And it, for him, like, he was a venue manager that got it that was like, if the night sucks, it sucks for me. I don't make money. I spent all of this time you know, for nothing. And then the people that are here don't have a good time, yep. whatever. And it was like, no, I'm going to pack the house. I'm going to take care of the comedians. I'm going to make a ton of money as a result. He did. And he did. And like he did everything. And it was a great, great time. And it was also people that weren't exposed to comedy all I of know. the time. So it was like a very special thing for them to not have to leave you know, they're like 20 mile bubble to yes. go see a comedy show. But unlike most people who are like fresh and new to comedy, they seem to be like respectful of it. And they didn't like, cause usually it's like, I feel like if you see comedy for the first time live ever, you're like, well, I can just fuck with this guy. Right. I can yeah. just yell something. Yeah. And they didn't. They no, were very they nice. Didn't. No. And well, I mean, we did shows there, I would say like quarterly. So they, I think typically it was like a 50-50, 50% were people that had like been to a comedy show at Tatro's before or just like trusted Luke Yeah. or knew like, oh, if I'm a jerk and ruin this, like Luke's going to be mad at me and then I won't be able to go to my favorite bar. Because, <laughs> right, my favorite bar is in on it. They're not yeah. like, they're not like uh, half-heartedly like allowing it to happen. Yeah. They are in on it. Yeah. That's smart. So you had that from the beginning. You understand that, which- yeah. Uh, still 95% of comedy shows don't understand. Yeah, and I've been thinking too of like what would comedy look like if I started doing comedy again and I feel like I would only do crowdsource shows. Like if 50% of the tickets are not sold by like three weeks out to the show, show's not happening. Ooh. And like I feel I like, like that, that gives... I, I think it would be a gamble for the venue so I'd have to figure out how to like make that compromise depending on what kind of venue it is. Because, um, you know, like music venues... If your show's not there that night and it's three weeks out, then potentially they don't, they don't have the ability to book something else to make right. them money. Yeah, it's not the way the business that doesn't always work that way. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, putting 
Like, hey, if you want this to happen, like you have to invest something in it. That reminds me, Paul F. Tompkins used to do this thing, the PFT 300, where he goes, if you want me to do a show in your city, wherever it is, you make a Facebook group, the PFT 300 Facebook group, and if you get 300 members in that city who agree to buy a ticket for the show, I'll be there. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's great. I mean, that's like, and too, for comedians who are traveling and booking tours, especially people who are doing it without an agent, you don't want to drive to Nashville and spend 125 bucks on fuel to get there from Chicago, and then there's no one there, and then it, you know, and Even then if it you just do get sucks. Paid. Even if you do Even get if you the do guarantee, get yeah. you don't want to do a show where no one's there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you can just eliminate that and say, okay, cool, fine, we'll do a show for... We had 100 tickets. We sold 50, but we sold that 50 for three weeks in advance. Like, we're doing the show. Absolutely. Like, we'll be there. We can't wait. It's happening. Uh, yeah. That's the right mentality. That's great. But we'll that's see. That's amazing. How, so, what did you do in Ireland? What city were you in in Ireland? And for how long were you there? Uh, I did not enjoy Ireland. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm the only ginger on earth that did <laughs> not feel welcome in Ireland. <laughs> Good for you for not just faking it. You could lie and say it was lovely. Uh, it was lovely. No, Ireland was miserable, man. It <clears throat> is the worst weather. Yep. Um, it's so far. I didn't realize it's almost like the same latitude as Anchorage. Alaska. Which you don't think about. <laughs> like when you think about. Ireland, and I could be completely wrong in this, but I feel like I remember looking at a map being like, they're like right here. Um, yeah, I mean, other there's other factors it, that that do. That it was so weather, far north that in the winter, I would pull myself out of bed somewhere between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. The sun would just be coming out, and yeah. then it would be back down by 4 p.m. And it was just, it was cold, it was rainy, it never snowed, there was never any sunshine. It was, I mean, it's a small country. Yeah. Where, um, what city were you in? So I lived in Cork. Okay. I was in Dublin. I also had a horrible start. And so I went to Ireland for a job. I was going to work with a hostel to manage their venue space. So okay. booking bands. Which off, you're passionate about. You are yeah. you just gushed about it. I was also, I think, 23. But I was working for a radio, community radio station. So I had the experience. Got connected through a couch server for the job. Everything was set up great. I was going to live at the hostel who had the venue until I found other accommodations. Cool. Got there, like set my bags down, and they were like, so the hostel has sold, and we're tearing down the venue space, and we're going to build another kitchen and more bedrooms. It's like, okay. So no venue space. And no one told me. So they no like job? fired everyone. And so I had no, they're like, you can clean here until you find something else. Oh. Uh, so that was really disheartening. Um, but then I got a job the first night working at Waylands, which is like the biggest music venue in Dublin. The first night? The first night. I met the <laughs> owner of Waylands out drinking and he was like, come tomorrow, I'll give you a job. And I was like, hell yeah. And then I worked. That's why you go drinking. And then I worked a 16 hour shift that they did not pay me for. Sure. And then they were like, this was a trial run. Come back in like eight hours to do it all over again. And I was wow. like, no, okay, absolutely not. This is stupid. Um, so then I moved to Cork. Wait, where was all this happening? That was all in Dublin. Okay. So then I moved to Cork. Also, Ireland is so tiny. I was planning a road trip and was like, I need a month to <laughs> travel Ireland. And then it, from Dublin to Galway, which is the West Coast, it's two and a half hours. <laughs> two and a half hours. Um, so I moved to Cork and did, I worked at a hostel with a bar for the next. Okay, so you had to change cities in order to keep this thing going. 
Yeah, it's just like I didn't want to give up. Yeah. Um, which I should have. I should have just <laughs> been like, you know what, Ireland's not for me. Eventually, I did after seven months of working in the same bar and hostel. I mean, it was a that place was like a good environment. The actually, the owners, funny enough, were uh, Kiwis. They were from New Zealand Get out of here. that I reconnected with when I went to New Zealand. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, it was like you know, it was a fine situation. I was making decent money and having a good time, but just like everybody already had their social circles and that is something that is difficult about being like someone who's traveling. It's like, while you do make really great relationships and you can form those bonds that will last last like a lifetime, just like instantaneously at the same time, like some people aren't willing to like invest in you because they know you're going to be gone in whatever. Yeah. And that was my experience in New Zealand, not New Zealand was, (laughs) that was my experience in Ireland. It was just like, you're going to be here until you're not. So like, you're not going to be our bud. Right. And you're and also you're not going to be like the next um, like big promoter. You're just kind of at, at work. It's probably a similar thing, right? You're not going to be there forever. You're not going to be like yeah. uh, you're not, they're not investing in you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but I did do. I had a lot of fun doing comedy in Ireland. Um, that was pretty recent after I had started doing comedy, <clears throat> and that was cool because it was like primarily international audiences, and so it made you made me really like challenge myself to write better jokes because there's like a lot of nuances that people who don't speak English for a first language yeah. like wouldn't pick up on. And even like that, but there's a Amer- there's American like turns of phrase that people are playing on all the time in comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was really fun. And that definitely like kept me afloat and excited and pumped. It was like, cool. Well, if I'm doing shows, you know, I'm doing something that's different or challenging myself as opposed to just whatever I'd be doing back in you know the u.s yeah so did you you get some stand-up cred in cork not really okay did you get on some stuff nothing big yeah nothing big no um once again it's like why yeah you're you're a flash in the pan i mean also it takes you about a year any in any new city for that anyone to be like you're pretty good yeah i'm like i've been here for a year doing great comedy and they go you're pretty good yeah thanks thank you Yeah, yeah that's how it goes when you're new in comedy anywhere i assume yeah but that being said, in New Zealand, it was a total opposite. And it was just like instantaneous success because <laughs> there were so few comedians that it was like, A, you're a new face. B, you have a different perspective. And C, everyone thinks Americans are funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. That being said, I had some of the worst shows of my life in New Zealand. In New Zealand. Um, genuinely the most PC. Really? White person culture. that wow. you will, Yeah. Like to a fault almost. Like, I know you and your comedies. I, I, I'm saying wow because I'm surprised that those people would find you impalatable. Yeah. And I think that like, I mean, I say some challenging things, but I'm by like no means like a shock value comedian no. No. at all. No. And um, also I was doing my most regular open mic was at Natamodi Hall. Is it, are you like in the big city? Wellington? No. no. I was in, on the South Island in a small town called Machueca. Okay. And, uh, like Christchurch had a great comedy scene. Dunedin had a pretty good comedy scene. Nelson had like 10 comedians. That was the comedy scene. Um, those are all decent sized cities in New Zealand or towns. Yeah. They're towns. What's the biggest one? Wellington. So the largest city is Auckland. Auckland. So 2 million people live in Auckland surrounding Auckland area. 2 million. Uh, there are 5 million people total in New Zealand. Okay. And then, so between, Wellington, Christchurch, Dunedin, Queenstown, Nelson. I would say that's about everybody. Five hundred thousand. <laughs> and oh, then wow. yeah, and then okay. everyone else is like so there's only like a million people on the South Island, which is where I was. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so it's a sm- very small, very small comedy scene. Yeah, and where I did comedy most frequently was a once a month open mic in the middle of nowhere. Um, that was like primarily like poets. Sure. One woman was incredible. She uh, would play the harp that she built. She built her own harp. She built her own harp, and then she would play it. And I had to tell jokes after that one time. <laughs> I know. It's I like know. there's no way I can be successful here. Um, I ultimately ended up writing my own eulogy because I would I was bombing every single month. But the host was a friend of mine, and he was like, "Trust me, she's funny." Like, why were you bombing so much? Oh, it just because you're bad. Because I was bad at comedy. Bad. Because life was so pleasant that I had nothing to be humorous <laughs> about. Because I had everything I needed. <laughs> But yeah, I ended up writing my own eulogy, and then they were like, oh, this is, we like this. Okay, so it's different. I mean, it's a different, I mean, it's a different comedy audience, right? They do a kind of a UK style Hannah Gadsby. Yeah, I mean, like, Flight of the Concords are, the like, Concords. the most well-known stand-up sketch comedy group out of New Zealand. And, like, to me, their greatest bit was, like, the talking stove, you know, like, do you, right. me- do you remember the talking no, stove? No, I don't. He just They're- opens the stove, and it's like, it's the talking stove. Um, so it's like, I like yeah. the Concords, but it's it's funny to imagine a, a a comedy culture in which Flight of the Concords, that's the big th- that's Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's the big thing. Where here it's like that's a fun, quirky little palate cleanser. If you've been watching a lot of comedy and you want something a little different, here's Flight of the Concords. No, 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 they're the Rolling Stones. They are. <laughs> they are. Uh, and Taika, who now has gone on to become like a huge producer, Taika Smith. Uh, uh, yeah, Taika Jones actually, <laughs> but it's pronounced Johns because uh, he's Kiwi. Uh, Taika what? Taika Waiiti. Waiiti. Oh, it's, I think it's Waiiti because of the native. It's like a native last name. Uh, he is Maori. Yes, Ma- Maori. Maori. Uh, but yeah, he. I mean, he has his hands in every successful project coming out of New Zealand. I imagine. I don't know. I guess I, that's a pretty grand statement i don't think he managed lord but yeah. uh, <laughs> he know probably knows her um it's a small group it's but small i mean club. well he did like what we do in the shadows yep. and that is incredible i love the americanized tv version of that um but yeah that is just like very humor there is very passive um it's also very like to speak to like the british style, like very like cerebral very like thinking comedy yeah i've heard it i've heard people describe it as like it's like very understated and polite like oh i like it got a bit bit of a shirt there yeah bit, got a shirt on haven't yeah. you and it's like that's a joke because you're wearing a shirt that's a little bit different than my shirt or 100 percent. like it's like very like uh yeah yeah I, I think i nailed it so yeah but then you have that but then you have like an audience that is uh, people from France, people from Germany, uh, Maori, people from the UK, uh, the you know random American, Australians. Like you have all of these people who have very different humor and styles. Too that you're like, I don't know. It was just really bizarre. So wait, I thought, I thought you were saying it went really well for you, and then I've all, all so I did. It went so badly. I, so that was New Zealand went really well for me, comedy wise. I ended up writing an hour. Producing an hour show, debuting it at the Christchurch Comedy Festival. Beer slut. Beer slut. Uh, the first night was a grand slam. Had a fantastic time. Nailed it. Was like on cloud nine that I pulled it off. And then the second night um, <laughs> was the opening of the Rugby World Cup. Okay. And the two people who had bought tickets to my show did not show up. Okay. 
Um, and so 15 minutes after the scheduled start time of my show, I walked around to every person that was working that night. It was at a coffee house. and was like, I want you to know that I will 100% put on the show for you because that is what I'm here to do. But if you want to go home early, like, let's, like, I will help clean up. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. You and everybody so unanimously was like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Yeah. I'm 100% in that camp. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's like the Super Bowl was on. Bigger than the Super Bowl. Bigger. Yeah. It was Jesus. the Rugby World Cup. And the All Blacks <laughs> are the greatest rugby team gotcha. on earth, with the exception, technically, South Africa did win. The All Blacks, widely regarded as the flight of the Concords of ru- the rugby uh, world. Yes. <laughs> They would be delighted to hear that. They actually would. They would think that it's a very good joke. They would say, good on you, mate. <laughs> kind of like the, uh, anyway, yeah, okay. I'm not going to do the voice anymore. Um, yeah, it's not good. It's not great. Just, just for Of a- course not. And it's kind of like, it's such a temptation. Like, you know, when you're talking to somebody, I'm sure you had this when you were there. When I'm, when I'm talking to somebody with an accent, you, the most obnoxious part of me wants to do their accent back at them. It, and that's the least exciting thing they've ever heard. It, yeah, I... I definitely picked up on like key phrases and like sayings and uh, I started saying um differently which like started to bother me like it was more of, like an am <laughs> instead of um or like eh um which yeah it's just you know cultural immersion I suppose right. but then there were times like especially if I had been drinking at all I'd be like god damn it Kelsey what? Shut up. Stop doing like, the- stop doing the voice. <laughs> stop doing, like, and I never really tried to do, it wasn't more like the Kiwi. It was more of like when I was hanging out with like French or Germans, I would like, I would like start speaking broken English back to them. Like, I too could not speak English for a first language, which I felt like is like super insulting because it's sure. like, this person is speaking one of many languages that they speak, and right. I'm going to do them the disservice of speaking poor english back to them oh yeah i remember having it in like restaurants where like our chefs would be talking to a busboy who speaks uh you know fractured english just uh, like a spanish is his first language obviously yeah and they would speak accented broken english back to the busboy <laughs> and i don't think it's i think kelsey i have uh i'm gonna like try to be empathetic to that because i think it's just mirroring i think it's yeah, mirroring absolutely. i think that's why accents happen in the first place is by mirrored speech yeah. right so i think we can let you off the hook for that although it's nice that you care enough to uh not do it yeah anymore. i would also get called out on it like the soccer team i played with they would just dig into me all of the time if i said anything that was like they'd be like oh you're a kiwi now huh you know and just which was great i really like needed that um, that's what friends do but also you know i was desperate to fit in as we all are so <laughs> i can't imagine yeah so like so what was the difference between that and ireland like i i still haven't heard like anything amazing about it yet from you from your point of view well i think the big difference was just me um in ireland i was like like i was like 23 24 i was like desperate to be like i wanted to do the i'm a young white 20 something and I'm going to go to another country I'm going to have this incredible cultural experience I'm going to come back changed woman uh, you know I had such high expectations for Ireland? for Ireland yes um, and then I got there and I was like none of this is like really that different I'm not doing anything that special I'm doing all of the same things I would have done in the US yeah I'm seeing different things but you know I, it still felt like I like went for like two weeks and had like the best time. <laughs> like I felt like that was like, that's what I was like aiming for. But then I was just disappointed at every turn. Um, <laughs> and then New Zealand was like, okay, I'm going into my thirties. 
I should be thinking about like a career, about financial security, about like all of these things to like figure out how to support myself. And then I just kind of said, no, screw it. I'm going to go to New Zealand for a year. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. Right. Who cares? And like, okay, so it was the attitude. I'm going to fall on my ass in paradise. Yeah, right. That is okay. (laughs) And so I just went over with this attitude of like, I'll see what I'll see. I'll do what I'll do. And, um, and that's what happened. I mean, I lucked out and found a van through Couchsurfer. So it was like, I knew the van was going to be in like at least good condition. Um, and like the dude, like gave me 20 bucks for my first like tank of gas, like after he sold it to me. Good stuff. Yeah, that's great sweet. stuff. That's great. And so I just drove around, stopped when I felt like stopping, would go on hikes Started fly fishing while I was over there. So you learned the fly fishing there? Yeah. Because you're super into that now. Super into it, yeah. Um, I love it. It's generally the only thing I can do other than play soccer where it's the only thing I think about while I'm doing it. That is so... What a great selling point is for someone like me whose mind races. Yeah. And like I need to have a podcast uh, on while I do anything. Um, you can focus on fly fishing. You need to be in it. Yeah, I just like... The whole thing about fly fishing is you're just replicating nature. So you're not like, there is like a point, you know, where you're like tossing in a fly or something that's going to startle the fish, scare the fish, and then it eats the fly, you cut your fish. But like ultimately what you're doing is you're trying to replicate the exact same scenario of the environment the fish is already in. Um, And because it turns out trout are pretty picky eaters and they will just be like, no, that doesn't look good. I'm going to eat something else. Right. So it's this constant like, okay, how is the water running? Is there a tree behind me? Like you have so many things to think about where it's just you start to think about those things naturally and become aware of your surroundings. And then ultimately, like you're standing in a river. With those big waders on. I did not have waders until I came to the U.S., I bought waders so I could fly fish through the winter. Were you just standing there? It was like decent enough where you could just be like waist deep in water? Yeah. And you'd be kind of, it's warm enough? Yeah. How's the weather there? Um, so I lived in the sunniest area. I lived in the Nelson-Tasman area. More sun there. There's also a hole in the ozone layer. Above um, New Zealand? Above New Zealand. And I also got a mole while I was there that I had to have removed because I thought it was skin cancer from the one year that I was there. Whoa. It wasn't cancer. I'm good, but I'm going to be paying that off for a while. Wow. So take that, New Zealand. You don't yeah. have everything. You still have, you have some problems, you know? Yeah. No coronavirus, but you've got But also we gave UV them problems. that hole over the ozone layer. So. We were, all, we were yeah. spraying our hairsprays. That is, it is women's fault. Um, <laughs> You finally got us on something. Hey, there's some era, there's some eras where men really made a run at hairspray. Yeah, <laughs> like, NASCAR. Um, <laughs> but yeah, New Zealand was just. I also like. I'm so grateful for the time that I had in New Zealand in the van. I had to learn how to hang out with myself, which was the biggest challenge. I had to learn like the first like week I was there. I was like anxious about getting to wife because I felt like I needed to look for a job that because like I was so my life was built around the work that I was doing yeah. and then it was like no Kelsey you worked your ass off you have eight grand in savings okay you can like you don't need a job right now just go have fun and it took me probably a month of just being like no I'm not gonna work no I'm not gonna work like forcing myself to just go out and play and not worry about it. And now I have the opposite problem. I'm like, ah, you want me to work? (laughs) Yeah. We were just, you were just saying that the hardest part of, uh, like returning to normal life is like, you can't, you have to like do stuff and pay, yeah, pay rent, which now seems really expensive. Oh, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to just like 
rent an apartment ever again. Because it seems like a scam to you? It does seem like a scam. Well, it is. It's a great scam. It is a scam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just, I don't need that, like... I really valued pre New Zealand. I valued having a really comfortable space. And I do like, I loved hosting people. I loved when comedians would come through and we could play Nintendo 64 oh, on yeah. my projector. You're great. Like I loved having a place that just like could welcome anyone. And if anybody needed to crack, like crash for any reason, like, yes, come over to my house. Doors always open. Porch light is always on. That is how any house I ever have will always be. But that being said, I've been like enjoying being on the flip side of that where it's like, Hey, can I crash on your couch? Yeah. Getting some of those some of those karmic points back. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> want to depend on that. And it was really difficult to depend on that when I because I came back from New Zealand flat broke without a job, right at the beginning of a pandemic. Wow. The job I got, I they didn't file my paperwork, so I had, was not a documented worker in the state of Missouri pre twenty twenty. So I didn't qualify for unemployment uh. or anything. So I was just like out of work homeless with the exception that like a very good friend and her partner took me in like so i've definitely i cashed in on all those karma points for sure there were not enough dishes and like their laundry and like taking their dog for walks and trying to fix things up around the house that i could do to ever pay them back for like the generosity they offered me but like having my own apartment and a place to store stuff that i will not have to buy like i don't own a bed anymore right i don't own a couch chains yeah, Chains of stuff that I'm gonna have to move out in a year when I lose my shit and, and I want to go move into do, my van again. Have to pay U-Haul, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to pay U-Haul seven hundred dollars to move that stuff out of your out of yeah. your out of your house. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all weighting you down. But that being said, like I have started collecting strange things. Like I just took the trash out and there were two by fours by the dumpster. And I was like, gonna take those two by fours. Right, you have the luxury. And like I drive by places where there's like, I used to drive by like out in the country of Missouri and there'd just be like stuff all over people's yards. And I'd be like, why can't they keep that inside? And now I drive by and I'm like, I bet there's a lot of really useful stuff in there. <laughs> like, huh, wonder if they know how useful that stuff is that they have right. in there. Some, like stuff that you'll use, you'll use it once every three months. Yeah. It's not worth it unless you have a lot of storage space to keep it. And stuff like plywood and two by fours. And like now I'm like starting to collect saws and it's like, man, if I have to buy... If I get an apartment, I'm going to also need a place to like store. Or could I live in a someone's garage and just like. Could be cool. Could be cool. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So in the in New Zealand, was the plan to buy a van and live in it? What was the plan when you got there? So originally my plan was to get a motorcycle. I took, nice. I got my motorcycle license right before I went over and I was going to get a motorcycle and do it that way. And then after a very brief conversation with someone about it, he, and also another couch surfer, he was like, dude, like. A, the roads are, like, terrifying, and they really are. They wind? They wind. They wash out. Um, at one point, I was driving to a comedy show, and literally the only highway, Highway 6, uh, the road was closed. The only highway on the way there or the only highway in New but Zealand? The only highway from uh, where I lived in Nelson to um, Queenstown is Highway 6. It was closed at Fox Glacier because it goes over this river. There was so much. It was the wettest day on earth in, like this tiny little area on earth on earth in this one spot like <laughs> there was more rain and this like on the west coast of new zealand in this like one day than there was like cumulatively it was insane <laughs> so this bridge literally washes out it's gone there's no bridge there Damn. anymore it was and, like a st it, was a, it was a rainy day it was a really oh, rainy it day. was the most rainy okay. day yeah um and so the only route i had to drive eight hours 
to go around the other direction and then drive another seven hours to come back. I had to drive to the other side of the island over several mountain passes and then south and then back up. Adding how many hours to the trip? It ended up being 13 more hours of driving. <laughs> I was I was three hours away. <laughs> and three days and 13 hours later. Um, so yeah, so he was like, don't get a motorcycle until sure. you feel good on the roads and also you can sleep in your van. You're never going to have to pitch a tent. Exactly, no tent. And I was like, cool, you're right. Um, and then I got the van and RIP, she just died a couple weeks ago. You brought it back here? No, I oh. left it. Uh, I just left it. Uh, I left it at a friend's house, passed it off to a couple different travelers, and then ultimately ended up giving it to like a friend of my father's kids. It was who's like a friend in of New Zealand? who's living in New Zealand. And they had it, and they actually were about to go on their last road trip in New Zealand. And then the day they left, it just started doing weird things. And, and it was dead. It was leaking oil so profusely that it drowned an electronics manifold. And, like, none of the electronics were ever going to work again unless it was completely replaced. And it was going to be, like, yeah. $2,000. And I think I paid $3,000 for the van. Nice. So. Okay. So, you did, ever, did you work in New Zealand? I did. Where did uh, you work? I worked at a brewery for a while. Uh, I worked in the cellar. And then the job that was going to keep me there is I was going to take over a youth soccer program. Cool. And I was also working at the high school in Machueca. Um, what were you doing in the high school? Uh, I was a teacher aide in the special education department. Nice. Yeah. Um, it was incredible. I would go to work from 845 to 245, go coach soccer two days a week. Perfect. And then I would just go fishing or hiking or... That's great. But that, that did leave you stuck in one spot, in one city in New Zealand. It did. And that was like going to be the hardest thing for me to reckon with was that I was going to be... I was not going to leave New Zealand for two years um, in order to get my residency there. So that way for the rest of my life, I would have the ability to live there and work there without having to get a visa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. These are t like these are tips I didn't know were possible. If you get residency somewhere, you can live and work there without a visa. So, but can you can you can use the visa to get that residency? So you have to have a visa a that will allow you to work there while you are working towards residency. Okay. And some countries have it set up to where it's like a program where it's like, okay, you work two years, then you can apply for residencies. Others just say you have to have worked here for two, five, ten, however many years, and then after that you can apply for residency. And are you good at? You seem like you're good at looking these things up and doing the research and the work. New Zealand is super simple. Okay. A lot of people want to move to New Zealand. Um, and so they have everything listed out very well on their website. Wow. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like you can get on their website, say how old you are and where you're from. And then a list of visas will come down. Okay. Great. The, th the options. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that hard. If you do that in the UK, it's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that's interesting. Okay. So, uh, were you still living in the van when you had the job? Yes. So I, during the time that I lived in the van, I also lived part-time in a bus. Um, I lived in a Who's barn. Bus? I lived in a, actually a stand-up comedian's bus. He and his family went to the U S for like six weeks and I lived in their bus for four of them. You drove around? In no, the bus? the bus did not have an engine Stationary. in it. The bus was in rough shape. The bus was not <laughs> parked level. And so I would, I would have nightmares that I was just like rolling down a hill. <laughs> um, I lived in a friend's barn that I was helping her fix up. Um, and then I did end up renting a room for the last like two months that I was there because that felt nice. it was great. Um, my roommates were wild. Um, 
What partiers? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so much partying. Uh, they were all sweet, and I loved them all very much. But like one night, one That's day a lot for you to say you're like a brewery person. You're fun. Yeah, we've drank before. But also like ketamine versus gotcha. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> what uh, kind of powders are we talking about? Yeah, and <laughs> that to me was like ketamine. It, like hallucinogens terrify me. Because it's like, I don't know what that person's going to do. And so living in a situation where all my roommates were, you know, doing K for 48 hours. Drunk, you understand. Yeah. You understand every level of drunk. You've seen all of those before. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, So that just kind of made me like, it was like, and also to like, not to stereotype, but like ketamine doesn't attract the the best quality human being sure. over to do ketamines was like my very tiny amount of possessions I had. I want to keep safe. Yeah. And is someone going to like kick in my door because they need to do, they need to find the squirrel or like whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever I don't know. You thing. know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I would have stayed at that place. Uh, she had a beautiful garden. It was like, a are few you saying p- garden like yard? Yes. They okay. had a great garden. Um, Not like they weren't growing stuff. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. They okay. like I would pull a lemon off of a lemon tree every morning and have a lemon water before while I was making my coffee. I absolutely hate that. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, what a life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was cool. And also, I was like trying to like establish some sense of like normalcy and also show to my employer. And then also for the visa process, have I had address. to have an address. Yeah. And that was the big thing. Was hey, look, I'm living somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a vagrant yeah. invading here. Although I was for the last eight months, I was. And the van life people are not received so well in New Zealand anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, well, yeah, you're, it's a, you're a vagrant. Yeah. And well, and it too, and it ended up like stripping a lot of freedoms from Kiwis. Like freedom camping was very much, is the thing in New Zealand. It's like you find a place to park up, you park there, you sleep for the night, you move on. Oh, okay. Freedom camping. Freedom camping, yeah. So there's like no exchange of currency or whatnot. It's just like, yep, take care of the place. Uh, you know, it was customary to like, hey, knock on the door. I'm going on holiday. Do you mind if I camp in your pasture for the night? Do you mind if I get river access? Like, sure, absolutely, you know. Oh, but ne- but then great. it turned into international travels travelers coming over taking advantage of that leaving trash you know the things that people do when they are not good at camping and taking care of the spot okay so because of that word got out about this freedom freedom camping policy which started out as a great sounds great like a great idea yeah no it is a great idea and like in a perfect i mean it's like the transition from couch surfing to airbnb yeah like couch surfing was this beautiful online network that did not cost anything you could host people, you could be hosted, and then more people started joining it. And then, it, you know, like your favorite band on their fourth album, it's just not worth it. Sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Something terrible will Something happen. terrible happens, so now we're going to charge people and check their identity. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, right, now daddy has to come in and check yeah. everyone's identity. Yeah. And, uh, and do a background check, and it's not going to be fun, and it will cost you more money. And now and you're going to be nervous all of a sudden, yeah. and... And if someone's not perfect, you're going to have to then leave them a bad review. It's the 70s versus the 60s. It's like, yeah, well, now, yeah, now we're not having that much fun anymore. Sorry. We're, all, yeah. we're wearing condoms now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, freedom camping now has to wear condoms. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the condom users are just leaving them in the parking lot. <laughs> so. 
freedom camping. But there was still like there were still tons of free places to park up, and there's like apps. better than you think better than here even. Oh, without like I am so I really do at some point want to live in a van or my Ford Taurus in the United States, but it is so much more complicated and it's so much more scary, and that is like when I the first like couple weeks in New Zealand, I was like, okay, no one has guns. Like there's fewer people. There's like less bad people. Like there's not like it's it's not a violent culture. The United States is a very violent Violent culture. culture. There was a woman who was murdered on a Tinder date in New Zealand, and the whole country had a candlelight vigil for her. (laughs) That is a Tuesday in St. Louis. It wouldn't make the news. It wouldn't make the news. (laughs) And and so I had that of like. Right. Just, I just yeah. felt like I genuinely felt safe for the first time in my life of like, there's not wow. even any predators. There's nothing. There's no poisonous. There's no snakes. Oh, you there's, mean predators like animal like predators. Like animals predators. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are predators in New Zealand, like human beings, but like, but there was like, yeah, there's no snakes. There's no, there's two poisonous spiders, which most New Zealanders have never even seen. Like there's no the, bears. But, uh, whereas Australia Australia has- everything poisonous. Okay, I yeah. I just grouped them together. Yeah, no, but it's uh, an island, so it's New different. Zealand is a volcanic island, uh, so everything that is there outside of like migratory bird species was brought to New Zealand. Okay, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They um, don't have like yeah they don't have sheep nothing natu- nothing naturally occurs that couldn't have gotten there's there. There's like no naturally occurring mammals there. Right. Everything so the Galapagos is, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Whoa. so coming back from that, like the first time I went camping in Missouri. I was like walking down the river and just was like, oh, snakes, oh, bears, oh, like I just like all of these like, oh, rednecks, you know, like. (laughs) Not even, right. And then generally like came around a corner and it was like a boat ramp and this dude is like sitting outside of his truck listening to like, I don't know, Sweet Child of Mine or something, (laughs) like rubbing his belly. He's like, hey, what are you doing out here? I'm like, oh, God, this is like I literally got in my car and drove back to St. Louis. I was so upset. (laughs) Like I can't even be in nature here. Okay, right. Um, So it's way scary. You had the experience of out within hours of my home. Cultural shock. I had culture shock. Culture shock from New Zealand. From New Zealand of like everything just being nice and pleasant and not scary to like, oh, God, everything's trying to kill me. But did you have that? Did you have that same thing you had in Ireland, where you felt like uh, sort of a disposable human, like uh, they didn't accept you because you were gonna be you were transient, you were gonna be gone soon? Um, I I guess I just there was like no reason to stand out or want to stand out in Ireland. Yep. So I think that was for me. It was just You're like one more redhead, one more redhead in a sea. Yeah, I really was. <laughs> um, that was one of the cutest things that would always happen. Is I would like speak to someone and they'd be like, "How long did you live in America for?" Cool. And I would be like, "My whole life, I am just a ginger. Like I'm not from here." <laughs> like people would be like, "Like I'd be like walking down the street, they'd be like, hey, where do you go to get to here?'" And I'd be like, "I have no idea." And they'd be all surprised. And they'd be like, oh, oh, "Yeah, very nice American accent." So you like you didn't have that going for you. It didn't go well. Yeah, you had. Yeah, the, you assimilated uh, visually. And two is like, I don't know, a point in my life where am I going to make better friends than the friends I already have? Like I wasn't in that travel. Like, I know now that I'm not someone who's meant to stay in the same place forever. And when I went to Ireland, I was still feeling like I need to have that house. I need to have that like security. I need to have, I need to come back. I need to get married and I need to have all of those like right. 
stepping stone things. Yeah, you were looking for a you were looking for stability. It felt like it was the last like it was like my rum springa. It was like, well, I'm gonna just go to Ireland <laughs> and then I'm gonna come back and figure it all out. Gotcha. And uh, and New Zealand was just like, no, this is just like I'm gonna just figure out how to keep moving for the rest. That does of my life. seem to me that does mirror my experience of like a 24 year old versus 29 year old. Because when you're 24, you think of 30 as like a far off yeah goalpost thing, and like by then you'll have gotten that all out of your system. Um, and honestly, the only thing you get out of your system is like that idea that it will that this that you'll be someone different. You're like by 29, you're like I'm stuck in this. Yeah, no, mentality. this is me. This is me. This unfortunately, is me. for yeah. better or worse, this is who I'm gonna be. Yeah. Um, and too, and it was just like if I don't make friends, I don't make friends. Yeah. Like <laughs> just kind of you know all. If I just see some beautiful stuff. Yeah. Well, and too, and also like video, like those things of like staying connected to people. That exists now that didn't exist 10 years ago. Yeah. Also a huge help. Like if I was having a bad day, I could Skype my mom. Right. And see her face. What was the time difference? Oh, it was gross. It was Crazy. like. Crazy. I always called people to be like, hello from the future. Because New Zealand <laughs> was typically either 16 or 18 hours ahead. Ahead. So it's almost easier to go. So it's like. Uh, it's tomorrow plus six hours. Six hours. So it's like six hours later. So, right. But tomorrow. You know, I was there for almost a year and a half, and I it's still never figure figured out. out. Yeah. yeah, but you were able to... If you called during the day, it would be the day here, but the previous day? I would, like, call either <laughs> in the morning or, like, super late at night. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense, I think. <laughs> yeah, so it was either, like, evening here or morning here was okay. typically the, the play. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay, so St. Louis. We're in St. Louis now. You went yes. to college here? Went to college here. Went to Webster. And you grew up not far away from I, here. I was Columbia? born in Columbia, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. How far is that? Hour and a half. Okay. Nice. You're driving to Memphis next. Yes. Uh, what highway do you take? I don't know. I think 44. Okay. I think 44 goes straight. I south. got here on 44, kind of. So I-70 takes you east-west, uh, and we are like uh, 99 miles from Columbia off of I-70. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, how do you feel about St. Louis? Like it changes every day. Um, your feelings towards it. Yes. I I love St. Louis. I think St. Louis is like a city of grit. I think that you 100% get out of St. Louis what you put into St. Louis. <laughs> um, and there's a really great community here. Like my people are here. I've got really good friends. Friends from college. Friends, friends from college. I'm sure yeah. Friends from from even from growing up too because like it's like don't. Yeah really from growing up it's more from university and then really more from like working through college and like the industry life um you'd be uh, so fun to work with i can tell i can just feel it oh man you should call my chef and tell him that (laughs) because there are times i look over and he's just like oh god kelsey's dance i was told i cannot dance during service anymore um i knew it i could i could feel it on you that it's it's a stressful it's a stressful shift and you're right in the middle and then you give me something fun i just have like no tolerance for people being grumpy and especially not even grumpy but if like if you're gonna be fussy and then you want to bring people down to like your level and like be fussy and serious like i can be a total goober and do a great job yes right and um i always want to like i think that's like what like you go into stand-up comedy thinking you're gonna like be relief to people and then you put yourself through so much torment that you don't even care if anyone has any relief ever because you know that they don't deserve it (laughs) uh but still like being away from coming out, I'm like, I just, like, if I can, like, make someone a little bit more pleasant, 
That's yeah. great. Um, right. The real work to be done. Yeah. The real work in lightening yeah. people's loads is at your job. Yeah. Or like, you know, like it, in your family, like late at night, if someone's having a big argument, if you go like, well, that went well or something like, like just a little oh, thing. Without question. Like my parents would like be in an argument and I'd be like, well, over here, uh, dad is upset with mom. Like I would like start, <laughs> you know, narrating it. Make a yeah, little fart, fart noise. noises without question. Um, or I would spill something and pretend like I fell in it. Uh, anything <laughs> to lighten the mood. Uh, yeah, St. Louis is good. St. Louis has, I mean, it's, it's it has been tough being back in St. Louis. Actually, a former coworker of mine um, has like upwards of 10 women who have come out against him. With sexual oh. assault allegations. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, and the response, I mean, it's just like 2020 really did suck uh, for a lot of reasons. And it's been difficult to be like in a community and in the industry that's already hurting because of everything that's going on. So bad. And then it's just like, by the way, let's also, which needed to happen. It needed to come out that. And it was more than just him. It was other individuals. And they were working together and they were drugging women. And, like, they were in business together. Like, they oh bought God. a bar together. Oh, my God. Yeah. In the city? In the city. And, and so it was, like, that on to, like, we're already going through all of this. In addition, let's pile this on top of it. And then let's. No one's making any money. Try and figure out how to navigate this. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, amidst that, I was like, yep, ready to get out of here. But then I also feel compelled to, like, make St. Louis a better place. And As, like, a, you you, kind of, you feel like it's a, your hometown. Yeah, it is my home. I mean, yeah. I tell people St. Louis is home. Yeah. It is home. Yeah. I live Yeah, I live outside of Syracuse, and I say Syracuse. Yeah. Because yeah. I wouldn't want to say the little lake town I'm from. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so, do you, see yourself, do you see yourself staying here? No. Uh-huh. Because yeah. you said that you're a wanderer. Yeah, I mean, I think... And I really do believe that like home is like what you take with you and that it's like more people than it is a place. Yes. And if everyone that I loved in St. Louis magically transported themselves to Quebec, Quebec would be home. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I very much like carry home with me and St. Louis will like St. Louis is, I call it a boomerang because can always come back to st louis i know there's going to be someone here who has a couch i can crash on who's going to be excited to see me who i'm going to be excited to see i know there's going to be you know i know the restaurants i know the scene i know the parks i know where i can park a van and sleep and not yep. be worried about it getting broken into like i know st louis um but boomerang is good i like that i feel that about chicago i have i have this van and i've been like coming back to chicago so often that i'm yeah, like do you sleep in the van in chicago no i've got so many couches yeah. to crash okay i say that would be brutal that'd be brutal it's scary yeah I, scary. I was planning on doing it once and like I, I used to live in a super bougie nice little neighborhood lincoln square it was soon so nice and i was like i could do it here it's like no one's gonna yeah. be walking by here until someone walks their dog tomorrow morning like i can park in this residential street and no one's gonna look at me or see me i don't have like you can it looks like a commercial van you can't really tell yeah um but uh anyway boomerang is a good it's a very positive way because i've been like i gotta stop stopping in chicago so much and i stopped there and i'm there for longer than i thought i was yeah, gonna but be like who cares like i don't know. i think that's the benefit of being a mobile person is too is like when i got back to st louis i was like i'm gonna be in st louis until july like i was all about like always setting deadlines for myself right and i've finally i think been able to like be okay with like just not making a plan and not having a deadline nice so what's your plan 
<laughs> my plan is to get my Ford Taurus outfitted in a way that it is comfortable to spend. Like, I'd like to take it on a, on a month-long road trip. Wow. Uh, and really work out the kinks on that. Um, that being said, it may not last that long. Oh, really? Like, I mean, it's a 2004 um, Ford's run forever. I hope that it does. Um, I like the Ford Taurus. My mom had one. Yeah. And they, she had one like like that you have. They've changed it since, but yeah. it has a very distinctive oh, shape. Oh, yeah. I see this car. Well, and so that's the good thing about it's this silver. car is it's like it's there's always going to be a part for it. Yeah, right. Which I don't have to worry about. Um, right. You just go to where a mom was recently, you know, and then yeah. you'll find it. Someone's bottoming out. Someone's, is there speed bumps over there? No, just drains. Ooh. Um. I don't have a plan. My plan is to, I say that and then I just said I have a plan. <laughs> I can tell you what I want to do. I want to stay in St. Louis until I'm like back on my feet financially. I want to, like I've been going out into the various state parks of Missouri almost every weekend. Really enjoying that. What's around here? There's rivers and what's yeah. around here? So like so Southern Missouri is just absolute beautiful rivers. The Ozarks. Yeah, so, yeah, the Ozarks. Well, so you think of, like, Lake of the Ozarks. Okay. That's kind of a, I mean, we've all seen Ozark. Yeah. Uh, close, but it's nicer on Ozark than it is in the Ozarks. L sorry? It's Lake of the, oh, okay. Lake of the Ozarks is, is dumpier than what the dump they <laughs> make it appear to be uh, on, on the show. TV show. <laughs> um, yeah, explore around Missouri as much as possible, and... I'm trying to figure out how to make money and be mobile. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. Because I am over, trouble. I'm over bartending. I love my job. I love being at work. Yep. I love the restaurant that I built. I love everything about it. And still I'm like, I can't do this for another year. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't want to be a kick-ass manager because you absolutely would be. <laughs> Hey, Kelsey, I'm going to take a five-minute break. Cool, take ten. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Why don't She's you so get cool. high while you're out there? She's so cool. <laughs> yeah. oh, you're not like other bosses, Kelsey. No, uh, no, I don't want to be a restaurant manager. Good. That's a bad life. Uh, I mean, not a bad life, but it's a... It's for some, it's not for it's me. It's a dead end. Oh, that's, yeah. no that's good. No, I'm trying to work on that. No, Non-judgmental language. Right? I go, that's a shit job. I would never want to have that job. I, mean, I go, not for me. It's not for, not me. for me. I will learn. Uh, I was challenged instead of saying, I don't know, to say something... Of like a three silly instead of I don't know, switch it up to something that shows that you are capable. So I've been saying I will learn instead of I don't know. I will learn. I will learn. That's um, good. I'm uh, just getting to the point where I can say I don't know instead of making up something. Yeah. Was, or be, or just bullshitting something. Um, I forgot someone asked me about. I mean, with 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 COVID too. I'm all, like I feel like I'm just being like you know sunlight kills COVID and someone's like does it and I go. I'm 90% sure it kills COVID. People it's bad. will believe anything. It's if you bad. say it with conviction. I know. Yeah. Well, that's what it's like. And if you if you have like the authoritative voice that I have and you can speak calmly and it's like I could sail through yeah. and, uh, and people will believe me. That's shitty. Yeah. I just want to be able to support myself financially and not in the way where it's constantly like, am I going to be able to afford like a night in a hotel? It's like... All of those things, like, I, I want to figure out how to be mobile and be successful. Yeah. But, like, I've also never been motivated by money, which is probably a, a problem. Because sure. it's like I would work my ass off for two years, get burned out, and then I would have, you know, ten grand in the bank. And then I would go to New Zealand go for a year. You know? Zealand, yeah. And then it's like, and then I would be broke. And then I would just come back and, like, have to start all over again. And I'm past the point where I want to start all over all the time. 
I just want to find like a constant that allows me to travel. And then it's also like celebrated. Like I feel like being back in the U S people think of me as like, Oh, well something's wrong with you because you're 32 and you're not married and you want to live in a van. Are you so comfortable with like being alone that this is just your life now? And it's like, well, I'm not alone. I have a lot of friends. Right. Like, do I want that big love? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I want that. But I'm also not going to compromise, like, doing the things I want to do for someone who just wants to stay put. Did you say you want to be celebrated? Yeah. I know what you mean. It's I want so it, funny. I haven't put it that I've never heard it put that way before. Like, people celebrate you getting married. Right. Like, celebrate me buying a $30,000 van and figuring out how to live in it. It's I not know. a $30,000 van. I, that's not happening yet. <laughs> but, like, I've joked about, like, cool, I'm going to have a celebration of Kelsey and we're all, I'm going to have a destination celebration. We're all going to go to Puerto Rico and you guys are going to come here as if I'm getting married. That's good. Actually, yeah. Like, where's my party? Yeah, right. Um, I'm doing it without help. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's huge. Actually, I feel, and I feel like that's something that, like, uh, yeah, all my comedian friends, like, they do have the, those, like, they come home from these holidays and they go, yeah, I've had to explain to my aunt and uncle what the hell is going on with my life. Like, and they don't know. Like, and something's it's okay. wrong. And it's like, that's not, nothing is wrong. It's just a different, and that is a big change I've been trying to make is instead of saying, like, right or wrong, it's just different. Different. It's not better or worse. It's just different. Right. Non-judgmental language. That's, that's, these are some hot tips. This is very good for me right now. <laughs> Think about it on your drive to Memphis. This is very good for me right now. Yeah, like uh, these, but like, but also that thing about like being celebrated or whatever. It's like if they, you know, if they, you know, if they look at the, what you're doing uh, as worse or that like you're not that you're somehow incomplete or whatever, then like yeah. screw them. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but also, it would be nice if you could bring those people in and like they could understand. But like, even like in these past six years doing comedy, it's like I was teaching and then now I'm doing this and then uh, it doesn't. Not as uh, not as good for the like the relatives. They think that you're doing worse when yeah. in fact like I'm doing so much better. I'm yeah. doing so much better. I'm so much happier, and I like I love my life so much more. But then I'm like they're I consider them like they're, these are Thanksgiving Christmas problems. You deal with them around Thanksgiving they're and Christmas. Christmas. The rest of the year, and we no don't one's... even have to have Thanksgiving or Christmas this year. I know <laughs> it's been you, we can skip it. Um, you could just skip it this year. You could this year you could have done a. I actively would make travel plans over the holidays so I did not have to be home. Ooh. Yeah, and it was also coming from like a broken family and having multiple parents and whatnot. It was like, well, now I don't have to choose between a parent because I'm just going to go do something for myself. And yeah. I encourage everyone: if you don't want to explain yourself. Over a holidays, just go somewhere else and then just like pop in on like a Wednesday in March and your family will be pumped to see you and not ask you questions like, is everything okay? Yeah. Well, and then the holiday is like Kelsey's home. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, and there's no, there's no pressure on Kelsey's home. It's not like a Thanksgiving or Christmas. There's traditions. Yeah. Uh, you're just home. Let's all have dinner because I'm home. Yeah. Uh, That's very good. I need to find, I'll send you a picture of my family's Christmas cards. So my family, like, everyone's married, everyone has kids except for me. <laughs> and every, so you have the mug of myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, in New Zealand. So for the last several years, my dad has put out a Christmas card of like, here's what the family's up to. <laughs> and after last year's card, I told him he has to ask my permission before he decides what picture he puts. Oh, my God. And he had, like, it was, like, a picture I'd sent him of me, like, being, like, an idiot. And, but it's, like, you know, a beautiful backdrop, like, waterfall <laughs> or something in New Zealand. And it's, like, happy family, happy family, happy family, happy family, mom and dad. Kelsey being, like, 
It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> Some disgusting like, image, yeah. Yeah. Some goofy... <laughs> and then so this year he was like, please send a picture. And so I sent this really awesome picture of me like working, like building the restaurant. And I've got like, you know, like my building pants on and I'm like wearing my like cool like carpenters you helped mask. build the restaurant? Hel- yeah. So that's what I did for from March until we opened was I built the restaurant. That's cool. Yeah. You feel so involved then. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? It's called the Lucky Accomplice. The Lucky yeah. Accomplice. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can, I can just smell the thirteen dollar cocktail. Oh, in that name. Uh, they're twelve dollars. Twelve. Uh, all right, that's the standard for yeah bougie cocktails. Yeah, but they also are really beautiful cocktails. Um, yeah. Whereas in New York, a twelve dollar cocktail is called a gin and tonic in yeah, New York City. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, we also have a five dollar beer and a shot special. Love which it. wait, five dollar for the beer and the shot? Yeah, it's the Kelsey. I call it the neighborhood special. I was like, you guys, we have to have something where anyone can walk in off the street and afford to be here. Do you have any idea how smart that is? They owe you ten thousand dollars. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like, I I worked at a bar I, that failed for not having one of those. I learned that at the Cole Room in Brooklyn, maybe Lower East Side. I don't know, somewhere in New York. But it was like they did a five dollar beer and a shot, and people would crank and like just fill the place for the five dollar beer and a shot, and then they would get drunk, and then they would order the twelve dollar cocktail. hundred percent. Because they're like, oh, I'm gonna do this now. You yeah. Know? Now that they're a little drunk, they're used to the lighting. They don't feel intimidated, but the bartender yeah. is nice. They won't. They're not like. There's a feeling that if you order a twelve dollar cocktail, they're gonna like make fun of you or like or make you feel like a poor person. I would also love to have a bar one day, or just work at the bar and convince them that on the menu it just says twelve dollar cocktail. <laughs> your twelve dollar cocktail. Here's your seven dollar beer. <laughs> like that's it. That's all you get. That would be cool. Will Twenty bucks beer them? and a sandwich. Yeah. Oh wow. That would be a that would be the hottest place in St. Louis. It's it's funny how like that stuff works if you just meet people where they are. Yeah. Um, the lucky accomplice. The lucky accomplice. I yeah. can see you. you're going to be there for a little while, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no plans to leave. And um, Brian, who's one of the owners and is a very good friend of mine said kelsey we know you're a flight risk will you just let us know before you go <laughs> you're a flight risk. and i said yeah and he was like like two weeks and i was like oh yeah i mean i was planning on like six weeks i would give you six weeks because yeah, yeah. like we'll have to get someone hired we'll have to train them we'll have to make sure they like gel with the fam and all that stuff and he was like okay okay cool cool that sounds nice but yeah no they were all like because well up until my visa program got canceled in new zealand it was like if i get permission to go back to new zealand i'm going okay right. yeah um, and now you're done? Are you going to go back to New Zealand, do you think? 2023 is my goal. So that the Women's World Cup is there in Australia. Ooh. And so my goal is to be in New Zealand to watch the United States crush New Zealand. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because Are you super into soccer? Because you coach yeah. soccer, obviously. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. grew up doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Soccer was my jam. And now it's fly fishing. Now fly fishing <laughs> is your jam. Yeah. You it's still both my jam. Your, yeah. <laughs> um, I keep a soccer ball in my car at all times. Oh, cool. Don't keep my fly fishing rod in my car at all times. Uh, a little bit more accessible to just have a soccer ball. And also, like, soccer is, like, the reason I became, like, I felt ingrained in the community of where I lived in New Zealand was, like, I was there waiting on a job and had, like, four days to kill. I was like, well what am I going to do with my like evenings? Yeah. Like I can go out and play and whatever, but am I just going to like sit in my van? And so I got on Facebook and found a soccer club was like, Oh, can I like come kick a ball around with you guys? You have like open nights. They're like, yeah, come on up tonight. 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 And so I went and I bought a soccer ball. I went to where I thought the park was. The park was not there. I'm walking through this neighborhood. I see this guy walk out of his garage and I was like, Hey, I'm looking for this park. I'm trying to get to soccer practice. 
do you know where it is? And he goes, hold on just a second. He goes inside. His daughter was on the soccer team. Whoa. And he was like, she's going to give you a ride. Whoa. Yeah. And then I get in Zoe's car and we go to soccer practice. Oh, my God. New friend. Yeah. New friend instantaneously. Oh, that's beautiful. But just like, you know. IRL. Real life. Yeah. One of those moments where looking back, it's like, if that hadn't happened, I might not have gone. Like, I would have just given up. Oh, that's beautiful. But I just had the courage to ask this random dude walking out of his garage, like, live in the city do you know where this park is <laughs> and then it just so happened that his daughter was on the soccer team and was home that night oh that's beautiful yeah that's incredible yeah. um do you have any any uh call to action for the audience anything you want them to know before we take off here um, or you can it's like it's essentially yeah. the plugs <laughs> something uh, you want to tell them i've been saying do no harm but take no shit oh that's beautiful so do, do no you have harm. tattoos i do have tattoos that sounds like a tattoo no i would never get that it's tattooed. too explicit um yeah and i don't i don't have any words tattooed on my body actually I take that back i do have i have so tat devamasi is tattooed on my back sorry tat devamasi it is sanskrit for thou art that oh great uh so like i see myself and others and others in myself uh is the translation i was super into um oh what was that dude he was like the oprah uh resident like Indian, like he was the guy, he was like the, like the cultural diversity act. And he wrote a couple books about meditation and I don't know. You don't even know his name anymore. Ramdas. He's Indian. But I mean, it's Sanjay Gupta. Uh, um, Oh, 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 I got it. Deepak Chopra. Yes. It was Deepak. (laughs) (laughs) Deepak. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was him. It was from his book, the spontaneous fulfillment of desire. Um, yeah. So there's the only words I have tattooed in my body. Um, but I also have like an elephant dabbing like and when I stand next to my friend Taylor it looks like they're cheersing like it's like got a beer in its hand so matching matching tattoos matching tattoos yeah Um, because you guys are both Republicans because we are both Republicans (laughs) who like to party elephants with the beer I gotta even think about that never make fun of someone's tattoo that's also I shouldn't make fun of someone's tattoo I know you totally can on their body forever I know yeah if you're friends okay Uh, do no harm do you have any tattoos no are you going to get a guess. tattoo? Never. Never? I just don't think so. My body is a temple. Uh, it's like I'm a f- that afraid of commitment. That's fair enough. That's is why I got one. To commit? Uh, was just like, I mean, I'm going to have this body forever, so what difference does it make if there's something on it that I don't want? Like, if yeah. I can learn to love my saggy tattoo, maybe I can, like, learn to love the fact that I have a lazy eye or that, like, something doesn't work. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I don't plan to learn to love myself at any point. Yeah. So uh, Keep that. it up. <laughs> it's not worth it. You just get know. upset about how great you are and that nobody <laughs> wants to be around you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like it's, like... Uh, yeah, whatever. They cost money. Even if they were free, I don't think I'd get. I don't think I'd get one. So, and yeah. then the money is don't like, well, they cost tattoo. money. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, the aesthetic of them doesn't appeal to me. And you can't get no tattoos. You can always get a tattoo. Yeah, you can't but undo you can't it. Have yeah. none. I don't know. There have definitely been times where, like, I'm like, oh, I really would like. It would be fun to go streaking. That is the thing that I would love to do at some point in my yeah. life. But now I have like identifiable markings <laughs> on my body to where if I happen to be like streaking through a school school zone, it would be like, you know. Yeah, there you go. Sex offender. Sex offender. Boom. 
She's got the elephant uh, dabbing, yeah. drinking a beer tattoo. <laughs> that's Kelsey McClure. That's Kelsey McClure. Yeah. Um, that's my new reason. That's a good, that's just a faster yeah. reason. Might want to go streaking well, one day. Well, I can, I can, this way I can streak without regard for any consequence. Yeah. The first time I saw a streaker was in Wrigley Field uh, at a Cubs game. And I remember being like, that guy's crazy. And then like years later being like, oh, that would be like really fun to do That'd if you could get do. away with it. Like <laughs> just like tear ass down the stairs, but they could jump off and then like do a couple cool like jukes and get out of the way of security. Yeah. Right. Then you could, yeah. Then you're out of there. Disappear into the, the night. Yeah. yeah. You're disappear into the night. You're a vigilante. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thank you. Is there you. anything else I missed or I don't know. Nah. Yeah. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and the show is over. Do no harm and take no shit. Thanks again to Kelsey. Uh, that was a great that was a great talk. It was awesome. Um, thanks to Rudy Schultz for doing the logo to the podcast. Thank you for thank you for and to and about Steve Gerard for doing the theme song. Obviously, Crown Blue is his new project. Very worth listening to. Um, I'm still in Austin. I might post an Austin episode pretty soon i'm recording some fun stuff down here some exciting stuff in the works um so reach out and message thanks for sharing this stuff on instagram all that stuff really helps helps the pod so thanks for listening you're the best i love you catch you next week